0: seated. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Yes. Good morning, church. Good morning. It is so good to have you here this morning, and it's a beautiful Sunday morning. Let's see. you all survived Thanksgiving. Glad to see all of you. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend, a time with family, friends, and I bet some of you with football. Thanksgiving is now over. And certainly, I hope it's just the event, but certainly I hope that every day should be a Thanksgiving. I know we were challenged last week by Major Phil about not complaining. And what was our challenge last week? Does anyone remember? That for the next 30 days to what? How many of you survived not complaining? It was rough, wasn't it? And it's been a challenge, and I'm taking on that challenge, and I tell you, Ooh, but we can do this together. And we have already began the shopping season. Yes. How many of you are done with your Christmas shopping now? Oh, wow. It's still upon us. Well, it is. And it's that time again, church. It is Christmas time. It is. But what is Christmas a time for? That's a question. For many of us, it is a time of decorating, it is a time for baking and cooking and cleaning and, and making sure as the uh, friends and families come over, singing of Christmas carols, sending cards, not just by snail mail anymore, it is through social media. And certainly buying presents, receiving and giving, going to parties, especially here in Hawaii, parties, parties, parties. Of course, with parties, you got what? Eating, eating, eating with friends and family, and the list could go on. But yes, Christmas is here. Whether we like it or not, it is here. But for the next few weeks together, as a church and in the Advent season, we are going to be looking at the Christmas story from different perspectives or lenses. You see, we want to to challenge you, and myself, ourselves. We want to challenge you to see and understand the familiar Christmas story, in such a way that we don't want to miss the significance of it. We have heard the Christmas story many, many times, year after year. Right? So you should know all, what what the Christmas story is all about. We we have that we are so familiar that we sometimes have a tendency to to not care much about the story and really miss the real meaning of it all. You may say, it's the same old thing. Yeah, it is the same thing. But so this year, I want, we want to take this challenge on to see the year Christmas 2017. A challenge to see it again for the very first time. It's going to be a tough one, church, but we can do it, Right? I only hear on this side, right? Yes. Are you already sleeping? Wake up! Wake up! We're just beginning with Christmas. It is for the very first time. And our Christmas sermon series is titled, as you see, Christmas Through the Eyes Of. Whose eyes? We're going to look at the eyes of the Christmas characters. We're going to look at each of the characters and, and see what their, it was like through their eyes. We're going to see it in their own perspective. Imagine what it's like when you're using a magnifying glass. Looking at it, you want to make it see bigger? Certainly magnify, it magnifies it. How about this one? Hopefully, maybe you're using a binoculars to see what it's like then, over 2,000 years ago. And certainly this one, for those of you who have glasses, about this size of glass. How about this? Certainly you have to put lenses on it. Looking through this large jumbo glasses. Over 2,000 years ago, what was it like? What was it like? Sorry, I can't wear it the whole time. It'd probably be distracting. What was it like when Jesus was born? So today we begin. And what a privilege it is for me to look at, for us to look together together. The shepherds, the shepherds in the Christmas story. What was it like for them? What can we learn from them? And how can we, you and I, find our story in their story? You see, church, there was no baking, family, and giving, and buying, and sending cards then. But as we looked at their experience, perhaps we can be influenced in the way we celebrate Christmas this year and what Christmas should mean to us. You see, for the shepherds, it was, it was quite different. You see, as we look and peek at the shepherds out on the hills of Bethlehem on that first Christmas night, you see, let's see what we can learn from them as we see Christmas through the eyes of the shepherds church, imagine. Imagine that you're God and you want to announce to the the most amazing, incredible, joyous news ever. An event which will literally change the course of history. Imagine that. The birth of your only son, Jesus Christ. The Savior, the one for whom the nation of Israel had been waiting and praying and hoping for thousands of years. And finally, he has come. So who do you announce it to? Who do you invite? Who do you tell? Who do you want to come and see? Church, it wasn't not Caesar. It was not Herod. It was not the Pharisees. But it was the shepherds. Smelly, dirty, socially and religiously excluded. Sheep herders the shepherds. So why? The question is this, why did God choose the shepherds? Why did he send his angels to announce the birth of Jesus Christ to these shepherds? To invite them and them alone to come and see the child. Why the shepherds? We're going to be looking at the gospel of Luke chapter 2 and looking at that Christmas story and in verse 11 says the angel said to the shepherds today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is the Messiah the Lord church no matter no matter who we are a savior has been born amen and he came to the shepherd, and for us, for you and me, and for us to see Christmas through the eyes of the shepherd, we need to understand their situation. We need to understand that the shepherds were one of the most disrespected groups of people. The job of a shepherd was the, at the bottom, the bottom of the ladder. You see, most of the time they were living out in the fields says that on verse 8. And this was not a 40-hour week job. They didn't come home at night. They they were with the sheep 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Remember that? Look at our job. Aren't we thankful and grateful for that? And you see, during the day they they led the sheep to to the grass and water, and then they kept their eye out for, for predators like the wolves. And so the shepherd hung out with the sheep, and sheep smells. And so the shepherds, what do you think? They smell too. They smell they bad. And when we were in Israel, and yes, you we were driving on the bus, and you could see out on the fields that they were tents set up, and there were sheep next to the tent, and and that tells you that they were wanderers. They were nomads. And church, did you know that according to the religious system of, of Jesus' time, shepherds were rejects? Listen to those words. Rejects. Shepherds weren't good enough for God because they couldn't be made right with God. Shepherds couldn't live up to the religious rules of the day. So imagine, the, imagine what the shepherds were like. They felt distant because, you see, they felt unworthy. And, and many of them felt that way. And can you imagine if you were told and taught and everyone else knew that you're not good enough for God? Imagine what that's like. And these religious systems also said that they were physically dirty. Of course, they're out in the field, aren't they? But not that. Even worse, these religious people considered them spiritually dirty, spiritually dirty, and they were they were not to be touched because you see, once you touched them, you'd be spiritually unclean. Ouch! Doesn't that hurt? The shepherds imagine what they felt like. How unworthy, unloved. And the reality is this church, that that's the way many of us can be. We come in to church and put on our happy church face, but we know deep down inside us, we know what we've done. And you're probably there sitting and said, you know, Major, Major Depp, you just don't know what I've done. It's too deep, it's too much, but how can a God love me? How can a God accept me for what I've done? And you know what? If people knew what I've done, I'd be like the shepherd. No one would want to be with me. Really. But look, sometimes church, we also look around at everyone else, and, and, and we see, and we see them. Wow, and they're so Christmassy. They're so righteous. And you feel so unworthy at times. I don't know about you, but see, it's, it's amazing that we compare ourselves to others all the time. Don't we do that? And how inadequate then we feel when we do that? And so, how about you? You go to your friend's house, and then you see their house, and the house is perfect, and you go in, like smells like baked cookies, fresh baked cookies. And then you go to their another friend's house, and you see everything is so spotless. I think those are great, but it doesn't. Sometimes it makes you feel bad, doesn't it? And you walk into your house. Maybe it could be my house. And next thing you know, you smell a burnt dinner from last night. And then you're trying to find something, and because of all the clutter, you can't find it. How about us, church? Sometimes we see other people and say, wow, they're so close to God. And that their prayer life is so powerful. And and you're thinking, the last time I, I said a prayer, and you said it, it was like, God, help me to not hurt this person because they took my parking space. Please, I hope that's not your prayer when you're shopping out in the malls. Please not let that, that be. Church, just like the shepherds, the reality is that there are so many that feel the same way. I don't know about you. that Some of us feel, and we don't realize that they do feel that way. They feel like, why couldn't I be loved? Why? What, was I that bad as a person? Why did I, what did I do to make my kids, my family, my friends, that they don't want to talk to me? What's wrong with me? Well, you know, church, people around us are struggling in all aspects of life. Struggling in the areas of being a parent, being a spouse, being a child, being in a workplace. That's tough. Being being a student, having financial struggles, family issues, self-esteem issues, and the list goes on, and you know what they are. And you see, church, the shepherd felt, unworthy, inadequate, unloved. And so the question is, why did God send the angels first to the shepherds? See, God chose them because he wanted to show them his love, that his love is available to all, and that God wanted to show that his love does not discriminate based on class, wealth, and social standing. You see, his love is available to all on the same basis, and that is faith in Jesus Christ and faith alone. Feeling inadequate, unworthy, or unloved, or more? Deep down, a lot of people may feel like that. But no matter how insignificant you think you are, God knows that you are important and significant to him. And what a promise, what, a, what, a, what an encouragement to us this morning. And that he loves you unconditionally. Amen. And if you're feeling like it's just very conditioned, no, God loves us unconditionally. And I love what Jeremiah 31.3 says, that he says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And I have what I love has drawn you with unfailing kindness. Isn't that, even though what Romans 3.23 3, 23 points out, that what, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And our God knew that, and that's why he sent Jesus to be born. And because of verse 23, it tells us that we are justified, that we are forgiven, and that we are made right with God's in God's eyes. And church, not because of anything we did, Not because of that, but because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Our grace, our redemption comes because of what Christ did. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The God, and God chose the shepherds, and he chose you. You know, um, there have been many times, those moments when I, and many times, I feel so inadequate and so unworthy, and I can't seem to do anything right. And can I just tell you that when that happens, I am reminded of three letters. I am reminded, and I say, I lack nothing. And you can say, I don't know how to spell it, because my lack says L-A-C. I lack nothing. Because you see, when I feel those moments of ina- inadequacy and unworthiness, I think, you know what? I am loved. I am accepted. And I am complete in Christ Jesus. And church, he chose me and you like the shepherds because he loves us. And his love doesn't stop there. His, his love also causes us to... to um, to live a life of extraordinary. He calls us for not an ordinary life. He calls us for an extraordinary life. You don't have have to be a, to know or be fluent in Greek or Hebrew to be able to share a cup of water to someone who needs, who's thirsty of Jesus Christ. God wants to use you where you are. In fact, uh, God wants to, wherever you are right now, where God has placed you and positioned you in in the areas where you are in your lives, God is placing you there for a reason. With your family, your workplace, or school, or places that you don't even want to be. You see, in, in our everyday, ordinary, extraordinary lives, God can do something remarkable. An extraordinary, like the shepherds. Remember what the shepherds were like? God, they were evangelists at the end of their journey on that Christmas night. You see, God may allow you to receive a negative report from the doctor, ordinary, but you trust him in what you just receive in a way that causes you to see your friends around you, people around you, to see Christ clearly through what you're going through. That's extraordinary. See, church, God may have placed you in a line of work that seems to have no eternal value and provides very little in a way that of oh, personal fulfillment. That's ordinary. But he knows that you're the only Christian witness. Many of your coworkers and clients that you'll ever meet, but you see, they'll observe you and watch you. What God, how God looks like in your life on a daily basis and how you labor, how you, how you go through life and there they see the excellence and integrity of your calling for God. That's extraordinary. Amen. So I challenge you if you're in that situation. See, God invites you and me today. He invites us to, to know that he loves us and he has chosen us and he wants us to live a life, a life of extraordinary ways. Secondly, through the eyes of the shepherds, we can learn that they were afraid. Fear. There was fear in their heart. Fear is an emotional thing that we go through. It's part of who we are. But fear, what it does is dangerous for some parts. There is a fear of God, but we're going to look at this too, how there's fears in our lives. Luke 2.8 says, there were shepherds out living in the fields nearby and keeping watch over their flocks at night, living out in the fields. Uh, it was not quite, I know the video showed, like they were out in the fields under the stars, but it was probably most likely they were under the tent. They were protected. But verse 9 says, suddenly, what happened? No warning, an angel was there. Poof, they were there, and next thing you know, they were gone. The shepherds, who I can imagine, were very afraid, terrified, scared to death, freaked out. <laughs> However you say it, they were beyond scared. What would you do if you've you've seen or you've you've experienced an angel appear to you? Wouldn't you be terrified? I know for me, I'm just not going to stand there and say, cool. (laughs) Or it's like, an angel, wow. That's not going to be me. I know for me, I'd be like, feet, let's get moving. (laughs) Don't fail me now. I'm running like crazy. I do that when I see a cockroach, so imagine what that's like. What are you afraid of this morning, church? For the shepherds, it was a fear of unexpected. they appeared out of nowhere. Fear of unknown. Angels did not appear to people, especially shepherds. Fear of judgment. And you know, angels usually come to pronounce God's judgment. So for us, it's the same way. You may have a fear of unexpected, the unknown, perhaps even judgment. Maybe there are other things in your life this morning a type of fear. But Luke 2.10 says, the angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Not bad news at all. It is good news, not condemnation. It is good news, the one that you want to hear, that a Savior has been born to us, to us, has been given to us. Like the shepherd, Christ the Lord. You know, church, unfortunately, holidays, like Christmas, are sometimes the most difficult time for people. Life at this time seems to be like the shepherds filled with fear. What are your fears? Could it be fear about your health? In terms of health, maybe cancer is coming back. That's a fear. Your family, your job security, your economy, or the world condition. Look at our world that we live in. Talk about fear. But what, what does the scripture say? Don't be afraid. There is good news. The Savior has been born. Emmanuel, God with us. What, a, what an assurance. Trust in God. Are you afraid of what God might ask, you, ask of you? There's good news. The Savior has been born. Emmanuel, God with us. Are you afraid to face your circumstances that you're facing right now? But what's to come? There's good news. Savior has been born. Emmanuel, God with us. Church, God's word tell us that for God has not given us what a spirit of fear, but He has given each of us but a power of what? but of power and of love and a sound mind. Isn't that amazing? Amen? Amen. He's here to remind us that Christmas time is not a time of fear. It is a time of joy, a time of anticipation, excitement. You see, the shepherd says when the angels had left them, they'd gone. when they'd gone to heaven, the shepherd said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You see, their heart of fear had become a heart of courage and that heart of courage became a heart of action. They didn't say, they didn't say let's go back and watch our, our sheep. They said, no, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Do you have a faith to rise above your circumstances? Do you have that faith? Do you have a courage to stand up and be counted for, for Christ during this stubborn and, and sinful world that we live in? You see, that's the kind of faith it will take to truly see Jesus. The shepherds were filled with joy and having been in the presence of Jesus when they went to the manger, they were so excited that they hurried. They did not waste any time. And when they got there, they saw everything that they'd been told. And church, they were changed. They were changed from being unloved to love, from being afraid, to having joy. Isn't that amazing? And lastly, this morning, through the eyes, a lesson through the eyes of the shepherd is this, thank you for being patient, by the way, is this, that those shepherds had a testimony. Imagine what the story they were telling, all those that they came. They came in contact with after they, after they saw the baby Jesus in the manger. Scripture says they were amazed about what they were told. You see, they have seen him. They spread the word concerning what they've been told. And twenty says the shepherds return. What, glorifying, praising God for all the things they have heard and seen, which were just they had been told. The shepherds return different than the way they were before they experienced God, encountered Jesus. And these men went back to their ordinary lives, but probably different in ways of doing things. They were full of joy, full of joy anticipation. And so for us this morning, what about you? Are you a changed person? The way God changes us? Have you experienced God in your life? And if you feel like not quite there, and you know, that's where we're here. We're here all together to learn more about him. And I pray that you don't miss that opportunity. Because you see, this lesson learned is that they had a great testimony. And church, I believe that when God works in your life and he has changed you, you have a story to tell. When was the last time you told someone about what God is doing in your life? Imagine these shepherds. They were not trained as public speakers And look what they're doing now. They were not a very expressive bunch, I would think. They just dealt with sheep. That's all they had every day. But they were willing to share because God gave that. They they were changed people. And each of us have a story to tell. And we have a story that people want to hear, especially in the world we live in, living in darkness. And practically, I believe people are begging to know what you have that makes you so different. So give them and share that with them. All we need to do, church, is to start telling our story. That's all it is. Tell a story of what happened to you personally. Don't tell a story of what happened, it's good too, about other people, but it's more about you, what God is doing. Maybe share when God saved you from an addiction and now you are free from it. How about sharing them about having an illness and being healed, isn't that a miracle? From being so stressed out of life and always worry all the time. And what does God change it to be? At peace and trusting him. Being, how about being a person full of anger at one person and the next thing you know, you have forgiven that person. What a story to tell. And for me, having been to Israel, and I tell you, I love to tell you all the things that happened because God changed me. And it's something that I want to share church, you have a story, and be a blessing. Be a blessing to others, because they need it so much. We have something that the world cannot offer. Yeah, all the shopping, all the materialism, but the the world needs Christ today, and we are that. Like the shepherd, we can do that, and God will continue to transform us. Amen? Amen? And he will do that, and so he has not given us a fear, but he has given us a testimony. He gives us faith in order that we can talk about it. He does. And church, we must communicate. And so as I conclude this morning, I'm going to ask uh, Matt and and Kim to come up as we close. I just want us to be reminded that the Christmas story was just not one event that happened over 2,000 years ago, but it is an event that can take place in our lives every day every day that Christ was born and that he can be born in our lives like he did for the shepherds that night. And as you prepare for this Christmas season, the coming days and month, and you celebrate the birth of Jesus this year, and don't miss the message. Today, the Christmas message to the eyes of the shepherd, they were outcasts. They did not matter. They were underdogs, but not to God. And we are not as well. God loves us. He's chosen us. So whatever fears we've got, turn it into joy by trusting him. And certainly, church, please share your testimony because the devil doesn't want us to do all these three things. He wants us to have fear. He wants us to feel unloved, unworthy, and things, and don't want you to share your story. But let's, let's fight it. We can do it together. So as we close and as Kim and Kim sings, I want us to reflect. In just a moment, this is between you and the Lord. Think about it, of your life. Where are you in this love thing? That do, you, does, do you feel his love for you? How are you feeling today? Know that his love is here and that he will give it to you. And he wants you to experience it. How about fear? What fears are you dealing with? Bring it to the Lord today. And your testimony, share it. But if you're afraid, ask him for strength. Ask him for strength. And as Kim sings, don't hesitate. The place of prayer is open. The place of prayer is open. Respond as the Spirit leads this morning. With everyone's eyes closed, and I'm going to ask you to bow your head as well. With no one looking around, certainly, and... It's between you and the Lord. I'd like to pray for you. Another week is about to come. I don't know what the week will be. Certainly surprises. But certainly we do have a God who loves us unconditionally. A God who gives us strength when fear comes, gives us joy, and gives us courage to share what he's done. So if you you want me to pray for you this morning, go ahead and just raise your hand where you're at. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, and amen. thank you. Father God, we come to you with grateful hearts. We thank you, Lord, for the Christmas story, and I pray that as we begin this this journey in the next month or so as we celebrate your coming. we pray, Lord, that as that we start it right, as we've started with the shepherd, may we see through this week, Lord, when times of in inadequacy, in times of feeling like the devil wants us to not want to worship you, Father, remind us of who you are. When fear comes seeking us, Lord, may we just reach out to you. And Father, how powerful your, your work in our lives, that testimony, a story, a life-changing moments. Let us be a blessing. And Father, for those who have raised their hands this morning, you know each and every one of them, even those that are unspoken. I pray, Lord, that you will meet their need this morning. We trust you, Lord Jesus. We love you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Be with us as we go in our separate ways and as we continue to serve you and love you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, amen, amen.